You're listening to another episode of Larry Doesn't Play Here Anymore. Larry Doesn't Play Here Anymore is sponsored by Cheers, Make Your Own Wine. One cannot put a price on good food, good company, and of course, excellent wine. That's what Cheers offers to our wonderful community of Wusaga Beach. Excellent wine, proudly serving our community since 2008. Cheers, Make Your Own Wine at 1344 Mosley Street, Wasaga Beach, Ontario, 705-429-8419. Good morning, everybody. This is Bill Friday with another edition of Larry Doesn't Play Here Anymore. And we're on, on location this morning with my co-host, Ron McGoey. We're at Twin Creeks Golf Club in the Pro Shop. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Bill. Happy belated Father's Day to you, and welcome to all from, uh, we're not live on location, but we are on location at Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club, conveniently located in the west end of Wasaga Beach. And uh, how was your Father's Day? It was fine. I spent uh, a lot of the time uh, over the weekend, including Friday and Saturday and Sunday, although I was at a uh, Lions year-ending party on Saturday afternoon, but I got home in time to watch uh, some of the some of the U.S. Open, the 115th U.S. Open from Chambers Bay in beautiful, be- very beautiful country out there in uh, in Washington State. Yes, yes, just off uh, Puget Sound, I believe. Uh, Tacoma's, I guess, the biggest city uh, near there, and, and the U.S. Open always does coincide with Father's Day weekend. Yeah, it does. I always kind of thought that's kind of cool because, you know, father and sons are... You know, they're synonymous with playing golf a lot of times, daughters and fathers. And I suppose a lot of families maybe tie some activity on Father's Day weekend around golf. We certainly had some uh, fathers and sons and and daughters and and fathers out at the golf course yesterday here. In spite of an inaccurate Environment Canada forecast, uh, the day turned out to be great. And everybody seemed to have a great time enjoying uh, enjoying Father's Day here. Now tell me um, uh, how you probably were working most of the time uh, here at the golf club, but uh, those of us who had television uh, in our living rooms and we sat there for hours uh, watching this U.S. Open, I think it started at 2 o'clock, or if you wanted to go to the Golf Channel, you could get on at 7 o'clock in the morning, and, and they talked nothing about uh, about anything else other than the U.S. Open. So it's... Uh, so well, it was, yes, it was, uh, no question, it was wall-to-wall coverage. Uh, Golf Channel saturates when there's majors, they, they're all over it. Well, it, the, the point is that being where it was, uh, we could watch golf up until uh, almost midnight, I suppose. Uh, certainly, certainly 11 o'clock at night, and and uh, it was amazing. Actually, it was great coverage, although a little hard to get used to the Fox Fox television coverage. You know, it really is. It's almost like a football game hearing Mr. Buck there. Uh, and uh, anyway, it, it some of the people that they had on were very good. Yeah, I thought we could dispense. I thought, well, let's let's accentuate the positives first, and I, and I think it was. I, I really do think it's benefit when when we do have a major that's in in the West Coast. 
and we're in a different type of a time zone. I, I really mentioning accentuating the positives about the event, and and I think uh, it's very. Uh, it's nice when the when a, when a major is in that West Coast time zone, because a lot of people that do work during the day, or are busy, they can do some things and then still they can spend prime time and and see you know the uh, a good portion of the golf tournament. And of course, the leaders didn't tee off until six o'clock no, Eastern that's, yesterday. That's, so that's right. Everybody that's right. was probably finished their Father's Day dinners and yeah. they had a chance to the golfing. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about the the golf course itself a little later. But uh, can we just talk about the the last round? The and I presume that you saw a little bit about that. A little yeah, bit. last golfer was in here by about quarter to eight, and we closed the golf course up. And I was home uh, with a cold beverage and, uh, and and glued to the television from eight thirty till the finish. Okay, all right. Now tell me what your thoughts are about about the 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 part that you saw because that was the exciting part I, I, I thought it was great that the best players in the world were in the mix if you looked at the last three groups we had cream of the crop there were no 201 long shots everybody that everybody thought would be in the mix was pretty well there I was you know, it was no surprise that Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth and, and Jason Day and Louis Oosthuizen, who's a very accomplished former Masters winner, they were all in it. And they all had chances. Rory had chances. He played a great round. And I was quite, at, I said to my wife, as uh, I guess uh, Jordan Spieth was playing 17 and Justin Johnson was one group behind, I said, this looks like a playoff on Monday because the U.S. Open has an 18-hole playoff. Which, which I've always kind of, I kind of liked also instead of the sudden death. So I was quite prepared for birdie birdies on the 18, and they would say, well, Fox is going to be back at you again today. Yeah. And, of course, both players faltered. I believe Jordan Spieth might have three-putted 17. Well, he did. He did. He three-putted 17. And so that put him the in door. a pre precarious position. But... Anyway, he had a chance. Uh, he, he had a chance to uh, uh, to actually eagle number eighteen, and uh, and then actually left the putt about a little tap in for for a birdie, which put him in the lead. And then, of course, with Dustin Johnson coming up, he hit the ball beautifully right to the green. Hit the ball beautifully all week. He was he was, yeah. he, was his, he hit his percentage of hitting fairways was. Outstanding. Yeah. They both played well, but but that last the the, the, the tough. The, sorry, the the putt that Johnson made, the the eagle eagle putt that is, he he barely touched that. I thought, and it went way past the hole. It did, and he had the opportunity to watch Jason Day putt before him, who had a little longer putt, but basically that same downhill putt. And uh, boy, we all know what it's like out there under our, our own. Just public player pressure. If you're in a group, putting is putting is the yeah. But most they were, you know what? Challenging. Dustin Johnson missed putts all day. He really did. Uh, he missed short putts all day. So let's not mm. let's not put the emphasis on number 18 because he could have won this golf tournament going away had he putted better. Had he putted better throughout the whole the whole. Uh, Again. Anyway, that, that's, that, that, that is the essence. Anyway, an exciting thing and exciting for for Jordan Spieth. Very much so because we have this young man now 
two for two in majors. Yeah. Which is going to set up high interest in the British Open, which I believe is at St. Andrews in early July. Yes, it is. And, of course, well, now it's can he win all three? Can he win three? Can he win four? It will be great to see. We talked earlier in late winter about how this is going to be an exciting year for majors. Yeah. I think it's going to continue on. However, this this championship is clouded in controversy. Yeah, let, let's talk about Chambers Bay just for a moment. And I want I want you to listen to Gary Player. Um, and, and I know you're old enough to remember Gary Player. The Black Knight. <laughs> Anyway, Gary was one of the great players of all time, of course, and, and still living in the in the U.S., and I think he has something to do with the Golf Hall of Fame and so on. He's spokesman for the Hall of Fame in St. Augustine. He's he still doing a thousand sit-ups a day and yeah. a, a, a physical marvel. A, an amazing guy. But great guy. I, I want you to listen to this little clip that, that I ran across that Gary was interviewed uh, on the Golf Channel, and it it is really, really something to listen to what he has to say. Okay, about he's, have he's, right he's, now. He has been outspoken before, and listen to this. Okay. Morning, Damon, and morning, Gary. I'm standing in the most beautiful state in the world, Washington, Seattle here. Unbelievably beautiful, and we're playing the U.S. Open, this great championship uh, a group of people, the USGA, that I have great respect for. But this has been the most unpleasant golf tournament I've seen in my life. I mean, the man who designed this golf course had to have one leg shorter than the other. It's hard to believe that you see a man miss the green by one yard and the ball ends up 50 yards down in the rough. I mean, it's quite, and can you imagine, this is a public golf course. This is where we're trying to encourage people to come out and play and get more people to play the game. They're having a putt from 20, 30 foot, and they're allowing 20 foot right and 20 foot left. I mean, it's actually a tragedy. It's 7,900 yards long. Can you imagine? The world is suffering from shortage of water. Can you imagine the water this course will take? I don't know. An average golfer playing this golf course, I'm telling you, if he's a 15, 16 handicap, he's going to shoot 110 and he's not going to go home a very happy man. We've got to make golf where it's quicker, where it's more enjoyable. Get back to their family. They're away at work all week. We don't want a husband and a wife to argue because he's taking too long and neglecting his family life. We're going about it the wrong way. The golf balls, and this is happening, why they're building these crazy golf courses? Because they're trying to be defense. It's in defense of the ball going too far. We've got to cut the ball back for the pro golfer. Leave it for the amateur golfer. We're making golf courses longer and longer, more expenses, more water, more fertilizer, more labor. People are resigning. They're taking a beautiful golf course, making undulating greens, bunkers in front of the greens, and the folks are resigning, and golf numbers, as far as amateurs are concerned, is going down. We don't want to see that. We love the game. We've got to promote it in the right way. Professional golf has never been so healthy, but we're in trouble amateur-wise. Mr. Player, you, you mentioned the USGA. Wouldn't you certainly agree, though, that they had the best intentions, a municipal golf course with a great backstory in a part of the country that has never hosted a major championship? You understand why they chose to do this, right? I certainly do. And what they did at Beth Page, tremendous to take. This is what we got to do. But you don't bring them to golf courses like this. 
I mean, this is devastating. I mean, to see a man miss the green by one yard and end up 50 yards down there, Pete Caddy's falling and hurting their ankles and the knees and players falling. I mean, one lady whose son's playing in the tournament, she says, I got lost. I couldn't even find where I was going. And some of the holes, I couldn't see my son hitting the ball. I mean, this is, this is terrible. And to take golf, look at Pebble Beach as a public golf course. The United States... USGA have chosen great golf courses. This is not indigenous to American golf. This is a British Open course. Imagine taking the British Open golf course and taking it inland. There'd be, a, there'd be an outcry. Well, Mr. Player, let, let's take this a step further. Is, is your problem larger with Robert Trent Jones Jr., the architect, or Mike Davis of the USGA in the setup of the golf course? I think you've got to give the architect the blame, but we go back on the tour when we first started playing, when old Mr. Jones, Trent Jones, designed golf courses, the players used to complain terribly because the greens were so undulating and the bunkers so deep. And it's impossible to play those golf courses. You go to Augusta, they've got undulating greens, but they're playable. You go to many of these golf courses, the greens are undulating but playable. These greens are virtually... Did you see how these pros with three putting yesterday one after the other. There's uh, Sergio, three-putting from 20 foot to make the cut, I think, on the last hole. I think he missed the cut. I mean, it's unbelievable seeing a man have a putt from 20 feet and he's hitting it 20 foot to the right. Imagine a weekend golfer coming here to enjoy the game. We want them to have good golf, enjoy themselves, go home happy. We've got to start building more 12-hole golf courses. And a public golf course must be built with flat greens, wide fairways, and not so many bunkers so he can come out with his son or his daughter, encourage them to play golf. We need more rounds of golf for the golf manufacturers to make more golf clubs, more people getting interested in this wonderful game, which is an education and enabling us to travel around the world and meet people. It's a friend-making machine. Don't let's chase people away. Do you know how many golf courses you can buy in the world today for a dollar? A dollar you can buy a golf course because we've gone the wrong way. We've made the wrong choices. Mr. Player, obviously you're very animated in defense of the amateur golfer who would have to play this golf course the other 51 weeks out of the year. But on Thursday, they had the, low, they had the most rounds in the 60s in the history of this championship. You have two leaders who have a total of 135. So the, 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 the golf course is attainable. It's gettable. There, there's a lot of players that have played extremely well with respect to score. Yes, but have you seen they had to say, I've spoken to a few of the players, they said they've set it up a lot easier because they realize what a monster this is and so they've had to set it up a lot easier so that the players at least have a chance of playing it but i tell you what there have never been so many people that missed the cut that are so happy to go home and i'd really love that i'd really love if it'd be a wonderful thing if we could take the announcers that are announcing on this tournament this week and give them a lie detector and see if they're telling the truth on television i'd love to see that <laughs> Now, what do you think about uh, him saying that, that it's probably the most unpleasant course he's ever seen? I'm not surprised, not only because Gary Player comes from the golden age of golf as part of the Big Four, he, I think it's safe to say, is a traditionalist, but he's not closed-minded either. He spoke to uh, how he applauds the USGA for taking chances and, and, and having their, their national championship on a public course like Bethpage some years back in New York, which is a, is a famous public golf course.
but I, I have to agree with his concerns uh, about that, that the design of that golf course and the challenges it presented the best players in the world the best caddies in the world uh, people in danger physically uh, they were playing that golf course in an old in an old quarry and it was it was it was, it was clear to see the drop-offs it was precarious to say the least and very unfair in many ways uh, I watched I had I did see it sporadically throughout the four days and he's so true putts that were hit too hard that not only are off the green they're down in in construction ditches and in, uh, and in uh, pathways that the turf department uses it was beyond gimmicky I thought Bill and I, and I think it really it didn't add anything to the championship I applaud the players that we're able to shoot four under on it over 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 that period, but I don't think I don't think they achieve what they were trying to do. I think they if they think they want to grow the game by making it bizarre, well, I think they have to rethink that. And I also whether the golf course whatever the golf course was, but I had a heck of a time getting my head around Fox, like you mentioned earlier. Again, maybe this is the the plan. It's time to bring the younger audience in, and Fox is. Is known for some quirky coverages. Their the Fox is Fox. Let's not talk about their political persuasion. And you are right; they did have some good personalities on it. But I, I, I've grown up with Johnny Miller and and Nick Faldo. I like CBS and I like NBC. So when you marry the choice of golf course with the choice of network, they did achieve one thing. They have people talking about it. Oh, no question about that. Now, tell me, uh, in the little uh, little bit we had there with Gary Player, he mentioned the 12-hole golf courses. Tell me what your thoughts are about 12-hole golf courses so that so that the husbands can get back home to their wives. And, or the wives and, can get back home to their husbands. Exactly, and, and perhaps avoid arguments or whatever. Where have you been so long? You know, that type of thing. I, I think they... I think that they have a lot to, uh, to bring to the table with the idea. These are not new ideas. There are 12-hole golf courses. Jack Nicklaus has been behind some. And I, I and listening to Gary Player, he is in the process of opening a 12-hole golf course, uh, quite a nice-looking golf course in Missouri. I forget the actual town. But it's going to be a family resort with a 12-hole golf course. You're going to have a, uh, a shorter round. You're going to have less real estate. You're going to have less upkeep and cost on a 12-hole versus an 18. Watering, for instance, watering. From a, from an environmental perspective, it's friendly. It may bring down, it, sh- it will bring down the price point. I see a lot of positives on it. Should every golf course become 12? No. There are people that are traditionalists that want an 18-hole experience. But I think we have learned enough in the last 10 years that the game needs to adapt. And I think the true test will be once we have some 12-hole golf courses in southern Ontario, around Canada and the U.S.? Will they be successful? Will they be will successful? Will they be successful? And I'm sure that they will. You know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, there has been... There was talk of, with our new ownership group, that Twin Creeks at some time uh, might become 12. Uh, and they debated it, and at this time, it's not going to be. There's going to be some changes to the golf course, but it's going to stay 18 holes. This 12-hole... I, I, I like the 12-hole idea better than trying to speed up the game by enlarging the cups and et cetera, et cetera. I think this, it'll be a nice option. And if there's three golf courses in, ta- in a town and one's 12. One, one last question uh, before we uh, cut this off today. 
did you notice the greens and, and how it was it looked as if they weren't growing properly or something or an, there were certainly brown on there now, I had uh, an opportunity because I, I, I have the pleasure of working with uh, Roy Mundy who is our superintendent here and when I have a, a turf related question uh, I, when you have to f- I phone a friend, I phone Roy I see a Roy every morning, generally he'll pass through the pro shop and after the first two days, my wife and I what the heck are they putting on? Announced, I'm hearing comments, players saying it's like putting on broccoli. So Roy explained to me that these greens are 100% fescue. That fescue. They're 100. I thought they might have been a mixture of Bermuda and whatever. 100% fescue, and now they're bringing poana grass in, and that's why you're seeing mixtures of green and it's like a kaleidoscope. Yeah. Uh, Some I read an article. It looked like the greenskeeper was on LSD because we have this kaleidoscope. Very bizarre looking greens, so I don't know ultimately if the plan is going to push out the fescue or what they're trying to achieve there. Again, let's just, even if we just, in closing, talk the, the things that weren't good about Chambers Bay, and most of those players, they weren't, they weren't thrilled with those greens. And Gary was very, and just to finish off on Gary Player, he was, he was in a bold statement, he, he accused the announcers of lying because they were cheerleaders on the golf course and how wonderful it was and they uh, See afternoon, Ron. so I, I guess in when you when you finish the thoughts on the greens we, we want the best players in the world yeah. champ, fighting for the, the, their championship on the best greens anyway just to, to close this off this morning Ron I guess you're right uh, what it really did was got people talking about golf and lots of people I'm sure like myself spent hours and hours watching this this tournament and it was exciting, it was exciting. even though even even though it ended like a dead thud because we thought for sure that there would be a playoff uh, Monday morning uh, because you know, two putts to to tie uh, for Dustin Johnson uh, I'm 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 even thinking in my own mind I'm even thinking in my own Dustin Johnson probably had another appointment Monday morning and couldn't make the playoff so he missed the putt uh, not on not on purpose maybe but, I, I heard Ian Leggett on the radio this morning uh, who's uh, quite a, a former uh, Canadian professional he's still a professional but he's not on tour anymore he sees a very similar situation developing between Phil Mickelson's early career where he, when will Phil win a major, but a very accomplished golfer, couldn't seem to break that door down. He sees a very similar pattern with Dustin Johnson, who is going to break the, bear, the, break the door down. And uh, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And um, he's, uh, he's, he's part of that gang of 10 that some wonderful, wonderful young golfers out there. We'll see them again in, uh, in, in less than a month over at St. Andrews. And I'm sure we'll be talking about another wonderful tournament. And we'll also, next show, we'll get back to talking about our boys of summer and the CFL season kicks off this weekend and we'll talk CFL as we get close to hopefully having Mr. Martin in for a show. Well, wouldn't that be nice? We'll get Pete here, I'm sure. Thanks for coming out to Twin Creeks this morning. For another edition of Larry Doesn't Play Here Anymore, Bill. Well, thank you, Ron, for uh, being available. And uh, that is another edition of Larry Doesn't Play Here Anymore.
listening to Beach Booster Radio.